Hello, I'm Harvey Lockhart. I'm the founder, executive, and artistic director for Heal Center for the Arts. Welcome to our Intellectual Artist Series Student Podcast. This student-led podcast is where our students learn and discuss the arts discipline that they're studying from the history, the culture, the business behind it, anything you can think of arts related, our students are talking about it. Stay tuned and we know that you'll enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to our Intellectual Artist Series podcast. And so previously, you know, we've been talking about, of course, Ernie Wilkins and the first series is dedicated to Ernie Wilkins. And so today is actually our third episode and we have a few new people with us today. So once again, my name is Asia Brandley and I'll be your host for this podcast, but we also have Donovan Lloyd. How you doing? We have Nyla McDaniel and most importantly, well, not most importantly, but you know, <laughs> you had it right the first time. <laughs> yeah. We have Mr. Harvey Lockhart, and he's here with us today. Glad to be here. Today, we're actually really excited because last time we actually interviewed, we had the chance to interview Mr. Ernie Wilkins, his brother, you know, Billy Wilkins, and it was a great conversation that he and I had. And so today, it's kind of going to be more so touching on our experience playing the songs and our experience working with this music and just how it's been overall. And so I actually want to start with Donovan because he's just been over here joking this entire time. So I want to start with him. What was it like for you? And like, did you enjoy playing the songs? And how was that for you? Yeah. So to me, the songs were really different from the songs that we usually play because, you know, we're playing a lot of Basie and Duke. And so Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of dynamics and like different rhythms and stuff but this really challenged our sense of like rhythm really because he applied like everybody had to get into it and make sure you know it was all on the same page right so could you name um the songs you're referring to um i'll say um basie mm-hmm. like basie we had to really keep in time with each other because one person can throw everybody else in the section so we really had to make sure we was in sync with each other and so and really helped with my rhythm. also your instrument let them know what you play oh i'll play alto saxophone I'm a saxophonist, antenna saxophone, and, you know, flute for one of the songs. Um, I play second alto and flutes. Okay. And Nyla? I play piano on bassie and some of the other tunes. Um, it was, like, it was really hard to think about what rhythms to play, and I learned a lot about the blues and, like, different styles and ways to play in calm. So you're talking about your comping? Yes. Oh, okay. And so I play trumpet, you know, the best instrument there is. Okay, but anyways. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, Mr. Lockhart, he plays also sax, too. So, you know, the saxophones are kind of ganging up on trumpet, but it's okay. But I I love playing trumpet. Um, It was great. It was was honestly amazing. Um, And the rhythms, well, actually the range, it was really challenging for me. Like the charts, it was really high. So I can't admit, you know, I was like afraid a little bit, but you know, I, I got through it. <laughs> you were killing them. Well, I, I guess I'll share with you guys from a different point of view, um, just selecting this. Um, you know, re- you guys remember doing rehearsal, we were trying to learn the tunes from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And uh, the concert date was rapidly approaching. And I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we're not gonna make it <laughs> because they are not cutting the mustard. Yes. I didn't tell you guys that, but you, I'm sure you <laughs> felt it. <laughs> but um, yes. I think we had to, uh, you know, it was, it was a challenge for me because I had to uh, rearrange um, the music 
for you guys mm-hmm. and we didn't use any notation software or you know True. we just literally did it old school like my director right. did with me hey cut that section cut that cut that we're not gonna do that and um you know we kind of piece it together you know I, I was very proud of you guys for you know adapting and adjusting um so that we can uh make the music work um we we were not um i know ernie wilkins really had the um the not so what is it the Almost big, almost big band. Yeah. The almost big band, but we didn't even have that. We, yes. we, didn't, we didn't have an almost. We had a maybe big band. <laughs> you, you know, just, so we had to make something work. You know, we had a little small combo. We had um, somewhat of a, you know, we had four saxophones. Three? Four. It was three. Yeah, three. Three saxophones, one trumpet, um, and the full rhythm section, piano, bass, and drums. Right. So we didn't have those in the parts with the trombone section. So we really had to. You know, improvise. just make it work. We had to improvise. Yeah. And um, so I'm proud of you guys for Thank that, you. for doing that, for making it work, you know, uh, playing big band literature um, with a small group setting. So that was good. You know, Nyla, I was very proud of you. You know, you, I tell you all the time about, you know, you coming out of your shell, you know, with your comping. And, you know, so you did a great job, you know. So Thank you. I know you were learning a lot through the process. And believe me, it's always a learning experience for all of us when we go through it. So. Um, but it, it was good. And then to see you guys stretch out, Asia and Donovan and all of the other uh, saxophone players and other young musicians, it was, you know, it was just good. I'm always excited to uh, push you guys, and I get pushed in the process too, so it mm-hmm. was good. Taking on this project, like, what was the process of actually us getting to doing this project? Well, I have so much faith in y'all. I think we could do anything. So I was approached by the Jazz Edge Orchestra. Mm-hmm. and uh, they're good, good friends of mine. Sometimes I play with the group as well. So um, we were talking about doing a different type of festival. They were going to um, – initially they got funding to do a, um, a jazz festival um, that will uh, reach high school musicians from all over the city, and um, they wanted to bring in some guest artists, and they wanted all of the bands to um, play Ernie Wilkins' music. Mm-hmm. But COVID happened. Right. So we just – I mean, that that project wasn't going to happen. And, um, of course, there are guidelines and time frames that needed to be met. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Deadlines that -hmm. needed to be met with regard to um, having the projects done. So um, I thought that um, we we had talked for many years about us having a collaboration with the uh, Jazz Edge Orchestra, which is a historic big band here in St. Louis. They've been around for over 25 years. Um, So um, I thought this was the perfect opportunity for, for one, to push you guys, and then for two, to um, establish that partnership and that relationship with an existing big band. And um, as a result, I think you guys are going to be able to play with them next year to do some things. (laughs) So be a part of that group. But anyway, we, um, we went to the drawing board. I said, well, we can do this because we were already doing it. The first semester, remember we did. Um, um, it was almost like a tribute to Duke Ellington. Yeah, we did Duke Ellington's music, right? With our same group, you know, we just made, made it do. work for us, yeah. right? We we had to cut things, you know. We did the same thing. I said, okay, well, we can do it. So, um, so I just had faith in you guys and what you guys were able to do, and we went for it. We, I challenge you, challenge myself, because I know we stretched, right? And every time you stretch, you grow. 
So I know what we're capable of doing now. Right. So we can do more things like that. So um, anyway, I told him exactly how it was going to go, what we were going to do as far as um, the concert piece. You know, hey, we're going to my students can do this. My students can come together. We'll play three selections Mm -hmm. and uh, we'll do this, this, this and we'll make it work. And and you're going to love it. That's what I told him. They awesome. said, okay, okay, well, <laughs> let me, let me, we'll see, let's do it, All right? So they, um, they believed me because I was very, made sure that they would believe me. I was convincing. <laughs> um, but they believed me and um, we went, got them in that rehearsal and that first rehearsal, I said, what did I get myself into? <laughs> abort, abort. <laughs> I'm like, oh Lord, are we going to make it? <clears throat> so, um, but anyway, we started working through it and, um, you know, we only had one rehearsal per week. So right. I was just, uh, you know, just really relying on you guys to step up to the plate and do what you needed to do in order to make sure that we can pull the music off. And and you guys did it. So when we pulled it off, you know, we had to, um, thankfully, the Sheldon was willing to um, um, record um, record your performance because, mm-hmm. as you know, the North County Big Band is housed at the Sheldon. Mm-hmm. And um, they're they're part of our family you know we're, we're family with the Sheldon the um, North County Big Band is one of the Sheldon's um, Sheldon's uh, programs so uh, we were able to collaborate with you guys with that ensemble I should say in order to pull this project off so we were on Sheldon stage we recorded it and um, it was great it was great and so the next piece came about because we have our intellectual artist series, and mm-hmm. you guys know I'm, I'm real big about the history and really right. wanting you guys to know, um, you know, what you're doing, which, who, who you're studying, you know, who, not just to be able to play the music, but also to know the history and the culture behind um, the music that you're studying. So I think it was important, and I think it, was, it helped us go to another level with our musicianship uh, when we started to research Ernie Wilkins. Right. And then we said, hey... Let's make it a podcast. Let's see mm-hmm. if we can do it. And we just went for it, and we did it. And now we're doing this podcast, and I'm so excited about it because now I want to do it more. I want to right. do more projects like this. I want to tell. I want you guys to learn more about other musicians. So I, I'm excited about what we're going to do in the future. And so, like with that, I love it because it's like I mean, it, it's not like it was a spontaneous. Like we just did it out of nowhere. But then again, it's kind of like. You know, we're just like, well, you know, we can't make it into a podcast. And so we could have just done it, you know, like the regular traditional concert way, you know, just with the three shows and, you know, three performances and everything. But with, you know, doing it as a podcast, why do you think it was more important to, you know, do it as a podcast than just, you know, the traditional way? Well, again, we're very intentional, as you mentioned, we're very intentional right. about everything that we do. Um, initially, this was this project was supposed to be just on one long I won't say long, but it was supposed to be a video. It was supposed to be a virtual concert, you know, because of COVID. Everything, everybody was just going virtual. Everybody was doing everything virtual. virtual. That was everywhere. like just the yes. word right. of the year, <laughs> virtual, <laughs> right? So everybody was doing everything virtually, and um, so that was that. That was what our plans was. You know, we were we were planning on making this a video concert like we did before with mm-hmm. the Duke Ellington tribute, but we noticed that. Some people didn't stay to listen to the entire uh, concert, all three of the selections that we prepared. So uh, in order to make sure that people really saw what we did 
and really acknowledged our work and really made it uh, worthwhile for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was better that we were able to include the background information but have these conversations and also show um, our work. So right. I think I guess a good segue is to probably mm-hmm. just, you know, tell them about this next tune that we want to share with them. What do you think? Yeah. So actually the next tune that we have is Sugar. And for this one, so what was your experience playing it? Like, would, would you say that this was one of your favorite or how was this, that for you? Honestly, this was one of my most challenging pieces, really, because Lockhart, he would always be like, oh, well, you can do flute, but, you know, <laughs> if you're doing flute, you got to do flute. And I was like, okay. And you got to so. play it in tune. Don't forget that part. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so getting into it, it was really challenging, like, because flute, it requires a lot of air in order to play through it because you can't just, it's not like the saxophone. You mm-hmm. can't just blow through it and get a sound, you know? So I really had to go and I had to work on it. And I struggled and, you know, like I would point it out, but that only made me want to want to try more because, you know, flute has a very rich sound, I believe. So, like, once you get it down, it's like. Yeah, without that air, you're not going to hear that rich sound. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's check it out. Let's see okay. what we. Uh, let's get into that. Yeah. <laughs>
that was by far one of my best and like one of my favorite recordings. And so, Nyla, what was that like for you playing on it? Because um, you just told her, sitting quiet, let's know. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard for me because there were, there was like a, just a lot of things going on, like with the different instruments and stuff. And it was just, sometimes it was hard for me to like keep up with everyone else. Um, and just knowing when to play and not to play. Um, so, yeah. I enjoyed your performance. I think once once you stop overthinking it and you start to allow yourself to feel the music more, then you started to make magic with everybody else. So I think your voice is really important into uh, all of the music that we play. So, yeah, we, we were glad that you were able to kind of stop thinking so much. And allowing yourself to, you know, just feel the music and enjoy the music and enjoy the process and just have fun. Because, I mean, we we failed a lot through this process. Yes, yes we I did. Agree. Oh, my God. Yes, we did. <laughs> we failed a lot. A lot we, of we, start overs. <laughs> sometimes, the, uh, huh, sometimes we would um, like our handmade or our mentally, our mental made arrangements <laughs> that we, because uh, sometimes we didn't always have pencils handy. Me. Like, um, uh, I didn't have a pencil handy. Right. Um, <laughs> or did we skip the game? <laughs> right. So we forgot the arrangement because I didn't write it down. Like we forgot the order. Oh, my goodness. So, literally. yeah. I mean, it was fun. I think we had Yeah, it was that, really fun. You know, and I just remember, I actually have some recordings in my phone, like, from rehearsal. And I just remember, um, like, they were playing a certain part. And it was, a, it was a specific, like, a specific part. I don't remember which one it was, but they all played. And he's like, uh-uh, y'all have to start over. And you'll just be back in your office. And you're like, I know y'all not, you know, continuing. And y'all just messed up on there like that. Like, well, they should know by now. You know oh, what I mean? He'd he be <laughs> heavy on the dynamics. Heavy on the dynamics. I like, don't know why they even do it to themselves. You know, <laughs> you need to stop and fix it as soon as you hear it so that we don't have to keep wasting time. But you know, it was it was a great process. I really, I really enjoyed it. And I think the sugar, that tune sugar was just, you know, Though seemingly it was probably one of the easier tunes, mm -hmm. yeah. But I think it was definitely needed um, yeah. to kind of alleviate some of the stress that you guys were experiencing. Yeah, you know, learning some yes. of those tunes, and um, I think it gave you more of a sense of accomplishment too. Mm -hmm. You know, to be able to play that tune, and say, "Hey, we got one <laughs> that you know that we can now we, let's, we let's know for sure that we can handle this one and do well." But um, so yeah, it, it, it was good. I'm, um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And, and I do uh, also like that um, it was it wasn't like too much. It was kind of like you know chill, like right. Yeah, yeah. I love that about the tune. I liked how like in that song, it was really like it wasn't really a hard bop song like jazz is. Like you don't have to really focus too much. It was like it was in the name. Just gotta put some sugar on it. Put you know? some sugar right. on it. Really, and that really made me focus on like more rhythmic sense. You know, and like feeling that music. You know, what I'm saying mm -hmm. getting into it instead of worrying about all. Oh, what what am I gonna play at this next change right here? Right. You know, it's That's really yeah. you know, you I know, getting everybody a snake face. You know, it's just feeling the music. You know. But other than that, so this one was kind of more laid back. What about the Lonious? Oh my goodness, <laughs> that song! I feel like, I feel like, that song really. If you don't have a well developed ear, like like if you're not used to hearing like different types of chords and different types of melodies and stuff right, like, like a that. different sound yeah different Thelonious sound i different feel like sound. i feel like that song would really like draw you away but for me it was really fun because like because <laughs> like everybody was playing like 
different and then like mm-hmm. it was clashing and I, it was like it was like meant to clash and sound weird and like that really was like it was really like opening because like Danolius, Danilius, Thelonius, I believe is the name, Thelonius. He he had like a very distinct way of playing in his music that yeah. like was eye catching for everyone. Thelonius Monk, yeah. What do you think, Nyla, about those uh, the voicings that you had to play? Um, well, for that, I had to listen and study to a lot of recordings, and it was like a lot of tension in them. So I had to really just like think about that a lot of the times when I was playing and like, oh, like where can I add this in or like what else I can just play. Um, it was just like, sometimes it was a struggle though because um, I felt like I was doing too much. So I would try to like back away, but um, I feel we like- We love to hear you. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you when you're doing too much. So just yeah, <laughs> do too much. I want you to do too much. I'll tell you when, if it's too much. But if I don't say nothing, then keep doing it. Like keep doing it. Now, like, what do you think was the best part about um, this experience for you? It helped me learn how to listen to other people, like, a lot more. Like, with Basie, there was a lot of big dynamics, so I had to listen out for that. And, like, with Sugar, like, even though it was chill and it was easy to listen to, sometimes it was hard to get off track. So I really, really had to listen and just think Mm -hmm. about other people and what they're playing and what can I do to help them sound better or like enhance the experience for other listeners or viewers. So I just, I just really had to listen a lot and learn from that. And Girl, you learned all that? That was boy, that's <laughs> good. Like, that's good. Yeah, you know, cause sometimes I wonder if y'all really getting it. In fact, if I, you know, when I, so I have to watch how I say things sometimes or just make sure that, that, that you guys are really retaining everything that I say. I know I have to say it over and over and over again. I try to say it out of love. Believe me. I try. And I hope you guys receive it in love. But We know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, yes. what you just said, you got it. That's what it's really all about. It's an experience that we're trying to um, bring to our audience, to our listeners, to people who come to pay us attention. Right? That's the biggest compliment that we can have it's not about money you know that that helps but when people stay and they listen to us they pay us attention man that's the biggest compliment because i you know i always tell you guys what's the biggest um insult right <laughs> when they get up and go to the bathroom they get up to go to the bathroom <laughs> doing your performance <laughs> that's so insulting but um i don't think they're gonna do that so why, why don't we let them hear you guys, you know, your rendition of Yeah, hear that. that that's going to be great. I know it is. <laughs> yeah. So enjoy the loneliness, y'all. <laughs> Thank you. 
know y'all probably heard a few, you know, no cranks, but you know, I think it was still pretty good. It was still pretty good. Did you hear those solos though? Man, that's one thing that we didn't talk about. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah we very, didn't. Man, I was very proud of you, you, you guys. You know those improvised solos. Mm-hmm. You know, man, it's really showing a lot of the growth that you guys are doing. Listening to the music, you know, really transcribing. You know, learning the style, not just the notes, but really, you guys really embodied the spirit of the music. And I can see your personalities. I can, man, I was I was very very proud of you guys, um, and even happy like a celebrating your your growth um through that process so keep doing it keep doing what you're doing keep listening keep growing um keep shedding you know because that's a part of it too right that's important (laughs) (laughs) i actually remember um i believe it was tayari solo i don't remember which tune it was but it was like so good (laughs) it was super good i don't remember which one but i remember um like he wanted to take another one but literally he was like come on redo that redo that that." (laughs) it's funny because we were joking after he was like man i wanted to take another one so bad and then even lockhart was like yeah what happened i was looking at i was looking at lockhart's face he was you know he was in it it was like so so we didn't use that take right no we did oh we did yeah that's when we do use that take and i was just like you know everyone was just like wow man that was yeah he wanted to go in yeah Yeah. he did go in yeah i can't help man tell you he be he be having me making a snake face sometimes and i can't help it like i'll be i'll be trying not to because because we be recording but you can't you can't you can't deny the stink face it's just gonna it's gonna it's gonna come out it comes naturally just come naturally it's a good stink face but you know and it's a bad stink face it's like when when just 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 don't you don't want the the real stink face that happens you know but that good one you actually smell something we don't want that one (laughs) (laughs) the one that comes from the music that's the one we want (laughs) you can have the other one i don't want that one yeah, we no, don't we don't want the bad ones. No, we don't want I think we one. I think we got all good, you know, stink faces though. I think we got all good stink faces over here. <laughs> Nala, do you have a stink face? No, <laughs> no not really. Nala's stink face no. is just silence. You know you did a good job if Nala looking at you while you're saying. <laughs> oh no, I tried. That is hilarious. Okay, but um I actually have another question for Lockhart. So for you, when like do you recall like your first like tune you ever heard about any Wilkins or like when did you discover him like what was that like for you so I've, I've been playing big band music for a long time um since I was in high school back in Miami that boy was bad. My, my band director was Christopher Dorsey and um he his high school band still they compete in this essentially Ellington competition they win it quite a few times and um he, he was the same person back then when I was in school and he Man, we were raised up on Basie, <laughs> on Basie, on Duke Ellington, and you know, all of the jazz greats, the the big band greats. So our, you know, how our small group, our Point of View Jazz Ensemble, mm-hmm. they do fifty shows a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were doing that many with our big band. Ooh, ooh, imagine, imagine right? Imagine topping it on yeah. top of we had our doing. like our book was like this thick. We had one hundred and fifty tunes in our book. So mm-hmm. we would. You know, they I tell mean, the stories like. They just get on stage and like, flip to this, flip to that. Yeah, we just then, be on stage, and if you weren't ready, that's so bad. So, like, so I I got my start with him. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! And then I went to graduate school. Um, well, actually, I went, when I went to undergraduate school at FAMU, you know, we did the same thing. We kept continued in that legacy, 
Um, and I was still playing that type of literature. And then in graduate school with Ron Carter, it's the same thing, but he was he was just even more intense, you know. So I remember we met him. Oh yeah, so y'all know. So <laughs> he but, yelled at me. Oh no, that. you ain't you ain't get yelled at, son. Yelled. <laughs> you don't just, know that. I just started playing just like saxophone. And he yelled at me. He yelled. He man. Oh my. I got stories. Imagine what Lockhart Everybody. experience. I, I was lead alto. I was his lead alto oh player. Goodness. So he man, I got it. If a trumpet player cracking wrong, no, it was my fault. <laughs> I wouldn't survive. <laughs> but, I mean, I learned so much from that experience. I mean, because he was so on me, it made me, like, a better musician. really make sure that I kind of really had a, you know, good appreciation. I, like, I studied. I had to go back and make sure I would study these recordings and really understand how to properly interpret them. Because when you're the lead alto player, man, you, that, that job is, that's a big job. Mm-hmm. But, um, man... A lot of times we um, we play the music, but we don't look at the composer or the arranger. Mm-hmm. We don't really focus on that as much because we're just so into playing the music. And we're just happy yeah. that, hey, I get a chance to play this song with other people. But sometimes, and that's why I'm so glad that um, we're doing it here. You know, sometimes we don't get a chance to celebrate those musicians who um, really made that possible for us. So... I played Ernie Wilkins' tune, um, Every Day I Have the Blues, mm. oh. so many times. Oh, I played yeah. that arrangement and just I didn't really song. ever take the time to, you know, say, hey. Who is this? Who is this? Who wrote this? I mean, I studied so many musicians. Right. And, of course, you know, we, we, we right. know the people that, that were in Basie Band, you know, but to take the time to really go that that next level, I think is important. Um, but... Just to know that he did that. He did um, All Right, Okay, You Win. He did so many other things. And, oh, one of my favorite recordings, and they talked about it earlier, um, of um, um, Cannonball Adderley mm. with uh, Sarah Vaughn mm-hmm. playing Cherokee. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that Ernie Wilkins wrote that arrangement. Right. But that's tough. You know, that's, that, that's some early Cannonball when he first got on the scene um, in New York. Um, but that's some, that's some early Cannonball, and I love that recording. Like for a long time, you know, when I first heard it, I didn't know who it was. And then some friends and um, instructors told me, "Oh yeah, that's Cannonball." And I said, "Okay, I could tell. Yeah, I could, now I can hear it, right?" Mm-hmm. But then I didn't realize that Ernie Wilkins wrote the arrangement because sometimes on the um, on the album, like in in the the liner notes, you don't really they don't get credit. The arrangers don't always mm-hmm. get credit. Right for um you know for their contribution to the music so right. but to know that he wrote a lot of those arrangements man it's it's powerful and you know I'm, I'm just grateful that we're able to tell that story and bring it out to the world that you know and to celebrate him in this way mm-hmm. yeah so how do you think how do you think big band playing in that like area and like that sort of like how should I say group setting? How did that help you in jazz? Because that's more of like you got to focus on yourself, sort of kind of more. So how did that? No, help? I think it did the opposite. It made me, it made me um, realize that this is a team. This is something that you do as a team. I don't want to call it a sport, but I guess people <laughs> people recognize it when you say team sport. But, uh, <laughs> this is a collaborative juncture or a collaborative thing that we do together, mm-hmm. right? So. 
we don't have one individual person, but collectively, when you have all of these individuals together, we can really, um, you know, we can make some beautiful music. We can make, we can create something beautiful together. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing about jazz music, because even though we have um, the ability to play it the same exact way Mm -hmm. every time, we don't have to. Right. right. You know, we don't have to. We can we can do something simple as, um, okay, let's let's do a different vibrato right here, different speed, or let's let's uh, bend these notes, or let's make sure that we breathe right here. Or tonight, let's um, let's play it like this. Let's be a little bit more aggressive here. You know, there's flexibility with that, and I don't think a lot of um, I don't think a lot of people take advantage of that. You know, because it just keeps the music fresh and alive when you right. experiment. But just when everybody's on the same page then and everybody's really still, you know, experimenting, but within right. the parameters of your role, That's dangerous. it can still be an amazing experience, not just yes. for the audience, but also for the musicians right. that are there. So to me, um, it really helped me um, not to be selfish. You know, it really helped me to understand that I'm responsible for these other musicians that are around me. I'm I'm responsible for dictating the style as the lead player. I have to dictate myself, lead trumpet, and all of the lead players in the sections. Right. We have to collectively drive this band, right? The, the director, he's just up there dancing. He's just doing this other thing, <laughs> you know? He, he's really not needed. So we learned that the drummer is, a lead, is really the conductor, right? So, but still, we have to, the interpreter, you know, stylistic interpreter is the lead trumpet. And I have to listen to what that person is doing, match them, and also put my voice, insert my voice, and dictate to my section how we're going to collectively interpret, excuse me, this style of music. So that's important. And that taught me that. It taught me how to blend, even in a small group setting, when I'm playing with other musicians, I know how to adjust. I, ma- I know how to make sure that I'm always listening. I, na- I know how to make sure that I'm always um, matching stylistically, mm-hmm. articulation, intonation, timbre. Yes. That's huge. I hear so many guys just overlook that. I can always tell a musician that has never played in a big band. Cause they sound like it. It sound like you, you up there. It sound like three individuals, and I don't. You don't sound good. Now you can improvise when it's time for you to improvise. Yeah, you sound good, but that horn section is horrible, right? So yeah, it taught me those things, and and my instructors, my my leaders, they beat it into me. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, not just like I'm just like. <laughs> But I can say we're really thankful for this opportunity and just having a director like this little card is amazing, yes. y'all. Like no. we have I don't a great director, how. founder, and I'm thankful for that. Like I'm thankful for all these opportunities that we get. Um and this podcast is a great opportunity, like I'm sure we can all say that. Mm-hmm. Um but just to wrap up, we want to thank you guys so much for watching and thank you for coming back. Like if you're back for the third episode, then you're part of the family at this point, you know. <laughs> so we're really happy, you know, to have this, you know, this podcast, this episode and everything. And so Thanks. we want you guys to come back and follow us on all social medias. So we're Heal Center for the Arts. That is H-E-A-L, Center for the Arts. And that's on YouTube, 
Facebook as well as Instagram. And you can also find us on our website, H-E-A-L-CenterForTheArts.org. Once again, my name is Asia Brantley, and I'm so excited that I had the opportunity to be your host. You have Donovan Lloyd. He's an outdoor sax player. If you know, you want to, you know, I mean, you know. Not <laughs> um, he me also out, plays you know, flute, of course. Um, Nyla McDaniel, also on keyboard. And yeah. Mr. Harvey Lockhart, he's our founder and director. And he's also an amazing, you know, musician as well. Oh, um, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Our Ernie Wilkins series is in collaboration between Heal Center for the Arts and the Jazz Edge Orchestra. Our student musicians are members of the North County Big Band in collaboration with the Sheldon Concert Hall. Special thanks goes out to the Sheldon for the audio and visual recordings of the students, the Cranesburg Arts Foundation for providing the space to record this series, and the Wilkins family for your support. This series was made possible by the financial support of the Missouri Arts Council and the Regional Arts Commission. Our director and founder is Harvey Lockhart. Our production manager and designer is Brandon Brinkley. Thanks for joining us. If you are enjoying our series, please like and subscribe to our Intellectual Artist Series wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about our programs, please visit us on our website, at www.healhealcenterforthearts.org. Again, that's www.healhealcenterforthearts.org. And while you're there, go ahead and make a tax-deductible donation to further support our work. Thank you, and we'll catch you next time.